this idea came when we were having dinner one night and I told Luke and Rachel, hey, because we all we both love to host people. Sure. And we love to give away what God had done in our lives. Sure. So I was like, well, I think we should start a tour company in Waco and host people and we can make it fun and we can give these all these visitors that are coming to Waco something fun to do. And it started with they had done our houses on Fixer Upper. So we thought, well, we could show them our houses because that's what they want to see. Sure. And what happened through the journey, and Luke might touch on this a little bit in the in a minute, is we had that is the route we started. Yes. And then God kind of gently or not gently directed us a different way through right. a lot of, of some pushback and trial and some different sure. things. The Lord led us through prayer and just meeting together and worshiping and saying, Lord, we know we're supposed to start a tour company, but we're not clear on what it's supposed to look like. Show us the way. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. And we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. All right. Well, everybody, this is Jimmy again, and I am here today with two of my favorite people in the world. I already said Luke White was. We talked to him last week. Hope you picked up the last podcast. We're going to actually pick up off of that. And my buddy David Ridley. And uh, these guys are famous for many things, uh, but one of those is they, uh, with their wives and their family, they run Waco Tours, which is a really cool deal we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. But hey, we heard from Luke last week about his life and mm-hmm. how Jesus rocked his world and changed kind of his trajectory and he and Rachel both. So what about you, David? Tell us about coming to Jesus sure. and how'd, we, how'd you land back in Waco, Texas? Yeah, yeah, long story short. So I uh, grew up in Northeast Texas, great family, loving parents. And uh, in high school, you know, was into sports and never really partied or did all that. but. After high school, I uh, got an opportunity to model, which kind of landed in my lap mm-hmm. and uh, had met a I wish I could have seen that. Just <laughs> oh, we got some pictures. Oh, we good. Uh, some okay. pictures. Maybe we can throw some up some here great on this modeling podcast. Pictures. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. So um, through that journey, you know, uh, my, my family moved to Waco when I graduated high school in 97. And uh, I got an opportunity to go to this model search thing where mm-hmm. I got discovered. That's what they called it mm-hmm. then by some modeling agencies around the, the world. And one flew me out to New York City, took photos and said, you really ought to pursue this. And at that point in my life, you know, been one year junior college and kind of sure. didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I was like, well, I can move to New York and give this thing a go. And mm-hmm. so I moved, moved to New York uh, when I was early 20s and uh you know, I'd grown up in and out of the church, had loving family. But mm-hmm. when I moved to New York mm-hmm. and I got put in an atmosphere where, you know, people are drinking and doing the things of the world and mm-hmm. getting opportunities to go to private bars and clubs and mm-hmm. all kinds of things were starting to come my way. Like uh, I shot for Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you know that well, Jimmy. I'm yeah, sure yeah. He still shops yeah. at Abercrombie. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had posters and billboards and sacks mm-hmm. and did Ralph Lauren and really started going down that route where I was getting booked and traveling the world and mm-hmm. started modeling. And, uh, you know, all the things that you think you want are right there at your fingertips. And, 
you know, with being able to get in clubs and flying sure. on private jets. And mm -hmm. next thing you know, I started dabbling into drinking and trying to do the things the other people around me were doing, thinking, sure. well, they're doing it. I ought to try right. this. And uh, through that situation, I kind of went down those roads. I lived in New York about five and a half years. Mm -hmm. The last two years I was there, I got into real estate and I did modeling part time. And that's when I started like drinking multiple nights of the week and mm -hmm. found myself reaching for anything I could that felt good. Mm -hmm. And I would come home to Texas, be loved on by my family and my sister and her kids and mm -hmm. parents. And every time I would go back, I I would actually feel this empty feeling. So I would start reaching for more and started dabbling into drugs the last couple of years I was there in New York. And, you know, I look back on it now, I was really on the verge of depression is what sure. was going on, mm -hmm, sure. reaching for anything I could to, to feel better. And I think, you know, long story short, one night I had been up all night partying and was in the midst of doing drugs and it was six in the morning. And uh, I got home to my apartment and just felt this weight of not wanting to live anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I, I, I look back now and I know that this was my first real encounter with the Lord. Because mm -hmm. what happened that morning, night slash morning, is I called out to God and I said, if you're real, I want to know you. I've got to get out of this. Mm -hmm. I am depressed. I don't want to live anymore. Mm -hmm. And so called out to the Lord and now I look back and I could say that was first mm. one of my first real encounters with the Lord. Moved back to Texas mm. and it got worse here, kind of fell into more depression here because I ran from New York to, to Texas and didn't mm. fill my life with the thing that I needed to. Was mm. in Dallas mm. and my sister had encouraged me to go to a church and go to a Celebrate Recovery program. I said, mm. I can fix myself. And sure. finally, she had driven up from Waco one day and encouraged me with her kids and I said, I've got to do anything it takes at this point. I got to get out of this. Mm -hmm. So I went to a church and went through a Celebrate Recovery program. Mm -hmm. And I encountered Jesus in a real way in 2006. Okay. And I've never been the same since that day and mm. can say that that's when the real journey started. Mm. And then, you know, fast forward, I moved to Waco in 2008. Mm -hmm. And when I moved here, I kind of was bouncing around to different churches, going to mm -hmm. as many churches and groups as I could. I was into right. bass fishing and trying mm -hmm. to stay out of clubs or bars, sure. whatever you want to call it on the weekends. And right. I was fishing and, you know, I was on a, I was on a good path, but I still was feeling a little empty. So mm -hmm. what's funny is Jimmy, you're a big part of this story. <laughs> uh, had a contact Chris Wallman. Yes, and of course. I Everybody said, ultimately goes back to Chris. Wallman, yeah, but yeah, anyway, of course. <laughs> I said, Chris was walking with me and I said, Chris, I just still don't feel like I'm getting what I need. And he said, well, you're going to Antioch, you know, well, I can call Jimmy for you if you want to meet with him. And I said, oh, sure. So I remember it clear as day. I set up this meeting with you mm -hmm. and came up here to the church. And you said, hey, let's go on a walk around the block. And we were on, we started walking and you kind of asked me a few questions. And I said, well, I'm going to do this and I'm doing that. But I still feel like I'm falling into stuff here and there and not doing well. And he said, or you said, hey, have you ever tried Life Group? Right. And, you know, I never would have thought I was going to give up a night of my week to go to a life group. And mm -hmm. you encouraged me. You said, you know what? You ought to try it. Yeah. I think you've tried everything else, David. You mm -hmm. said, why don't you just try plugging into a life group? Mm -hmm. And I remember that clear as day. And I remember the first life group I showed up to. Mm -hmm. 
which were some of your really good friends. And uh, so they called me for weeks to go. And then yeah. finally I showed up one night. Yep. It was Francis on Wachi. Wow. Which there is, you go. Francis, yeah. Enough said Francis, right Jay Shewin, wow. Joshua Flint, some, you All know, serious guys, Nate Sloan. Yeah. I remember walking in and, yeah. uh, you know, that was the, the moment I realized, wow, I went to this life group and saw people being real and authentic and kind of sharing, mm -hmm. they were just sharing and they were having fun at the same time. And I was like, wow, wait a minute. I could maybe give up a night a week and try this. So I kept going and I could say that was one of the big moments. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a, these sure. big moments that you sure. remember along the way. And that was one of the pivotal moments. You know, you know, what's interesting about that <clears throat> is um, because people like yourself, right? You, you're, you're going for it at a certain level, but you got to take that next step. Mm. And I remember our conversation because I'm thinking to myself as we're walking around after years of, you know, just knowing people. And I said, Hey man, you need to really pray about this next step. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember said, take however much time you need, but you got to go for it next level. If you yeah. don't, if you don't go next level, you know, when, when people, and I'd be in the same boat, when we're kind of an all or nothing personality, mm -hmm. when we're all kind of adrenaline guys, and Luke would be in that camp as well, <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the all or nothing that kind of gets us to where we need to be. Sure. And that was a step for you, right? You yes. had to dive fully into community mm -hmm. to get out of kind of the journey. Uh, it's, it's just one little aside. Somebody told me this years ago, and I've always used this with addiction recovery, is that Every addiction is caused because of a lack of relationship. Mm. That in the end, it's a lack of relationship either with God or meaningful, healthy relationship mm -hmm. with others that causes our addiction to get out of control. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool that you not only took the big step, but it was for deeper relationship, yes. for deeper honesty, deeper clarity and all that. So so keep rolling with this. So you get involved. Yeah, in life got group. involved in life group. And yeah. You know, I never really met with guys one on one and right. people started to invest in my life and they would be real and share their stuff. And yeah. then I was like, wow, I could share my stuff. And, sure. you know, long story short, I, I was going, I loved life group. Yeah, it was almost the it was the reverse. Right. I had to actually pull away from going to too much stuff from the church. <laughs> like I was wanting to go every sure, night. So all nothing. So you hit it on the head. Yeah. So when did you uh, meet Speeder in there? Yeah. So then I met, yeah, Mark Speeder yeah. Uh, because he lived in the same neighborhood as yeah. me. And uh, I think I met, I met Crystal at HEB. Yeah. And I had seen them at church. Uh -huh. And I remember I was like, I got to meet him. So one day, awkwardly, I said to her, because I'd met her at eight, or, or I met her at the at the the gym. Sure. And yeah. I knew she went to Antioch. Right. And so then I met Mark Speeder and then right. he started kind of walking with me and I became friends with them. And sure. so then, yeah, I had people investing in my life. And then next thing you know, people were like, well, David, you know that you could do one of these life groups too and sure. co-lead. And I was mm -hmm. like, I honestly, I felt a lot of shame and condemnation mm -hmm. from my whole journey. And it really took, it was a deep work that God had done to get me through that. So I would say through prayer ministry mm -hmm. and through, you know what I did next was 2010, 11. I did the night school too. Yeah, night school. Disciple, the yeah, discipleship yeah, school. Yeah. And I would say that year I would call, it was Pete Leininger. Yeah. Was the lead. And Great. Uh, that year was a rewiring mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, just learning how to spend time with the Lord, read the Bible, read books. Mm -hmm. And that was a fun year as well. So all these things kind of came together sure. and 
friendships, relationships, and, uh, and that's when we met. We met. You were in say, the you night discipleship here. school. Yeah. Rachel and I were in the day school. Yeah. And I remember in the parking lot seeing this obnoxiously loud, ridiculous <laughs> yeah. individual, good like guy, that though. real good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "That's David Ridley." And <laughs> anyways, fast forward, we uh, yeah. we got connected because we ended up being yeah in young adults together when Mark was the young adult pastor. Yeah. And. Uh, well, well so so this this is a great place to kind of pick up the story. So there's always a story behind the story, mm-hmm. right? So it's what God does in a person in those encounters with God along the way, the mm-hmm. discipleship process. The more real it is, the more that does translate into your work life, mm-hmm. your marriage. But those pieces just had to happen, right? You yeah. had to have celebrate recovery. You needed to have a life group. You needed to take on the challenge of leading yourself. You needed to... Mm-hmm go to night school, all this stuff kind of teed up for so much of what you're about and yeah. then you guys together and, and obviously your families. So so transition me from this work of God going on in you, the community of the local church mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. transition to the kind of business world ideas and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So like Luke said, we were doing young adult ministry together, right. you know, and it was it was a blast. So we had this relationship and friendship. We loved playing sports together and had a friendship with him and Rachel. And we had had a lot of hard combos because that's what happens when you do life on life. Sure. And so we both had our houses done on the TV show. Sure. So this and, was the big... I just want to miss that little phrase you said. Having lots of hard conversations, that's just what happens when you do it. Yeah, I was going to share a little bit more on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we'll come back around that. But I just want to pause here and just say what I, some of the things I love about you guys, but your willingness to stick it out. Totally. Not not bolting because relationship is difficult. And when you're contending for Jesus, kingdom, values, and life, I mean, it's going to be messy, man. Yeah. But you guys have always been willing to keep working yep. it through. All right. So back to this fixture upward thing happens. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so Luke and Rachel and I had a relationship. Luke and I knew each other's hearts. We we were dri- we were both wanting to share what Jesus had done in our lives. Yes. And so we we know we both loved sharing what God had done all the time. We so Luke always knew I might David might want to go be a part of a church plant somewhere. Sure. I want to do something that I can really love people and share the love of Jesus. Right. And I never knew what that was. And then this idea came when we were having dinner one night and I told Luke and Rachel, hey, because we all we both love to host people. Sure. And we love to give away what God had done in our lives. Sure. So I was like, well, I think we should start a tour company in Waco and host people and we can make it fun and we can give these all these visitors that are coming to Waco something fun to do. And it started with they had done our houses on Fixer Upper. So we thought, well, we could show them our houses because that's what they want to see. Sure. And what happened through the journey, and Luke might touch on this a little bit in the in a minute, is we had that is the route we started. Yes. And then God kind of gently or not gently directed us a different way through a lot of of some pushback and trial and some different things. The Lord led us through prayer and just meeting together and worshiping and saying, Lord, we know we're supposed to start a tour company, Mm. but we're not clear on what it's supposed to look like. Show Mm. us the way. And so, you know, we would do that in Luke's living room. And then that is how kind of Waco Tours was birthed. Mm. And I'll let Luke, I'll let you share a little bit too. So, 
what we knew is there were 20,000 people a week at that time coming to Waco. Yeah. And they were coming for, for Magnolia. Yeah, 100%. Sure, sure. And yet there was nobody here really showing them around our city. Yeah. And so more often than not, they'd come in, they'd go to the silos, and then they'd leave. And we just, more than anything, we saw an opportunity to tap into those 20,000 people. And, and, and really the goal was not, hey, we want to monetize everything. It was, no, we want to enhance people's experience in Waco and bring them into the story of Waco. Yeah, so let me pause here too, because what's great about you guys, of the many things, by the way, is that you love our city. Like, and, we, and we as a church and as a community have always declared we are blessing Waco, Texas, yes. before everybody else did. Way right. before, it was, before cool. everybody else thought it was cool. <laughs> we were committed. God has a purpose and a plan for our city. So yeah. there's all these pieces working together. Your love for Jesus, your desire to share that with other people, pull people into the heart of God, and your heart for the city. Yes. So keep going. So Which, and, and I would say our passion for the city stemmed from uh, our belief that the, ch- the church is the hope of the world. Sure. And that in making disciples living life on life, mm. that's when we see people activated to God's passion and purpose mm-hmm. in their daily life. And yeah. so, in every area. When, yeah, so when David was in healthcare, he was making disciples in healthcare. Yeah. I had recently become a pastor, whether it was that or with Rachel's photography yeah. business, we were mm-hmm. making disciples in those places. And so we're, we just saw an opportunity, man, if we can, if we can get people in a van, mm-hmm. we can, we can share some facts about the this, this city. Yeah. We can bring them into the story of redemption and restoration that the city is. And we can have a blast along the way. Yeah. And so I'll never forget our first, well, first of all, our <laughs> trial run. I was going to, yeah. <laughs> you want to share about the trial run? Well, I want to say something with this that is really cool. To see how yeah. the Lord brought us three together. You mm-hmm. look back, there's, there's no way two of us or one of us could have started this company. That's great. Work. It was it yeah. was us three that we were supposed to do it together. Right. The mm-hmm. gifts that each one of us brought to the table, mm-hmm. we look back and we're like, oh, this just came together sure. because the Lord really kind mm-hmm. of put it together with our gifts. Huge. I do want to say that because that was a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Our first trial run, I got a... So I worked in hospice, and yep. I, I knew a nursing home that would let us borrow a van. We got <laughs> oh, our friends great. together. You yep. started a nursing home van. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. That is awesome. And coerced a bunch of our friends. I think to go. Most of them were fairly car sick by the end of it. Yeah, and it was long. It was a little. It was like three and a half hours. Way, way too, too long. long. Sure. But they gave us feedback. We yep. bought. We went in on uh, buying a Mercedes Sprinter van because we decided was, sure. if they're going to drive around Waco, they need That's to be right. something air conditioned and nice. And, um, yeah, just, we actually just posted on our social media that we're starting the company and because of really fixer upper, both David and Rachel specifically had a large follower base. And for the first three months, all of our, all of our leads came through that exposure. Right. And the very first tour we did, was a mom and her two daughters from, uh, Philadelphia, from Philly. And. Really, they just went on the tour to hang out with David a little bit. But along the way, uh, we we had a blast. And just we studied a script that we made up. We didn't make up. We researched facts about Waco and really developed the, the and layout. where the gaps were. You made stuff, and yeah. we might have made <laughs> yeah. early on. Yeah. Not, not early on. Now, now the script is is tight. really yeah, nice and tight. It. Wasn't exactly the beginning. Yeah, and just our goal was not to tell them the facts. Our goal was to treat them mm. like family. Yes, and to invite them into yeah. this family story of yeah. Waco that you know was one of the most prominent cities 
in Texas that then encountered hardship after hardship. And in 1953, the tornado that comes in and guts mm -hmm. downtown, guts the right. economy of Waco and diverts the economic future, sending it into an impoverished place, both economically, but sure. also spiritually and socially. Yeah. And then to see the resurgence of that in, in mm -hmm. the early 2000s with all things that's happening at Baylor, RG3, sure. development downtown, then Chip yeah. and Joe in the show, and to now be living in an era where you can go anywhere in the United States and mention Waco, right, Texas, right. and their yeah. default is shiplap and beauty, not the, the David Koresh mm -hmm. uh, massacre in the 90s. Sure. It, it is, is massive, not to negate the hardships, because we bring people sure. into the hard parts of the story, but to say that when a community rallies together, and this is one of the number one things that people leaving our tour say, is they're struck at the at, at what happens when a community comes together, right. owns their city, mm -hmm. and contributes to seeing it come into the fullness of what it's made for. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, you know, that first year we hosted 800 people and we were stoked. We yeah, couldn't believe right. that we, wow. we being mostly David, coerced 800 people to come on <laughs> our Mercedes. And David then goes on to uh, leave his full-time job in healthcare and go full-time at Waco Tours. We buy a second van and and just go full throttle. We brought on Melinda Seibert, yes. who Jimmy uh, affectionately knows, is married yeah. to his brother. And, uh, and Justin Downey came on at that point and just started to to really go, man, could this be something more? So year two, it goes from 800 people the first year to 12,000 people the second year. 12, these are paying customers. These are paying customers, not That's free amazing. customers. Wow. They come on the tour and we're like, wow, there's God's really doing something unique here. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna make sure we yeah. go back to the, keep going if you wanna share that. But Yeah, so I, I think I, I share all that to just say. So just and, and just keep going, right? So you start building, you can just get to the end and we'll go back. And how many today have you guys served over the last so we're, it, four yeah, years? Yeah, three and a half years in and, and we just ran the numbers, 57,000 mm -hmm. people. 57,000 people in three and a half years you have, have come on a two and a half hour tour of Waco, Texas. And right. along the way, heard, well, this we, is, yeah, we this start every tour with a prayer. Yes. Uh, we openly share David's story that you guys just heard um, uh, three quarters of the way through the tour. We openly pray for people. We encourage yeah. people. We train our guides and drivers. We went from me and David doing all the tours to now a staff of over 70 people that help us uh, run the tours. And the tour is way better than when we did it. That's right. That's <laughs> so, what I hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is very true. But, but you know, you go back. Yeah. I want to go back to that because it is better. But I think some of our core staff and people remind us yeah. where Luke, Luke and I, obviously it's all God. There's, sure. you know, we give him all the credit, but mm -hmm. we go back and we remember when we went on these vans, we were just being Absolutely. ourselves. Yes. And we, Key. it was like, Luke knew when he needed to prompt me to make it fun. Yeah. Yes. I knew he could tell stories. We went back and forth. Yeah. We would stop and at Lover's Leap and show him everything. Mm -hmm. and then we would do fun singing and dancing on the van mm -hmm. because that's just who we are. Mm -hmm. This tour experience was not made up by somebody. It was made up by how the Lord brought us together on a van as friends mm -hmm. with this relationship. And we'd stop halfway through and Luke at times would say, David, you got to have a snack because you're you're fading a little <laughs> we bit. We literally kept snacks <laughs> yeah. in the van. And, and we'd give each other feedback. But, sure. but what was really neat was the Lord showed us as we weaved throughout the city 
that there was a restoration story that he wanted us to share Mm -hmm. and it just naturally happened. And I'll tell you, Luke really brought that together. We both had our gifts. I was more on the fun side. Luke's fun as well. But the the way that it came together, it was like fun and he weaved the story together. Hmm. And then what would happen is people on the van would ask us our personal stories. Yes. So we yeah. didn't we did not know our stories were going to get put in the script and mm-hmm. since we go by my house on the van now my story personal mm-hmm. testimony is in the story on the script yeah. in the script mm-hmm. and people share the gospel every day mm-hmm. and it was just like wow this just happened and the lord made it happen. now neither one of us drive or guide Mm-hmm. And our people that love to share the love of Jesus mm-hmm. and the love of their, this city and what God's been doing and yeah. done in their own personal lives. Mm-hmm. I heard yesterday one of our guides, Ty Homer, uh, he he got to share his personal story. Mm-hmm. And the guests got off and came over to me after and they were like, his story really impacted our, yeah. our, our yeah. life today. And yeah. it was like, so our people are empowered yeah. to mm-hmm. carry it. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, I think some of our staff, you know, their heart is actually to be in East Asia sharing the gospel. Yes. I mean, truly. Half of truly our staff. missional, missionary. They, they have yeah. spent time overseas. Sure. They have prepared. And yet God's called them uniquely for this season mm-hmm. to train, equip, and send people um, from their role. Yes. You know, right. as the tour manager of Waco Tours. Mm-hmm. And um, what's incredible is, I, you know, we totally underestimated the impact that the story of Waco, the redemption story would have mm-hmm. on people. Right. Because ultimately it's everybody's story. Sure. Every individual story yeah. is wrapped mm-hmm. up in the story of, you right. know, beauty from ashes. Sure. And what one, can I share one story? Oh, well, that's what I want you to do. Yeah. Man. So Please. one of our, what's become a foundation story for us as a company is what we call the donut guy story. Yes. And um, so I guess it was about a year and a half ago, uh, a, a man comes on the tour with his wife Fairly begrudgingly, because most husbands come on the tour begrudgingly. They're well, in Waco begrudgingly. Waco begrudgingly. Absolutely. <laughs> so they've been coerced into this whole deal because sure. their wife loves fixer upper. So the guy ends up on our tour, and the tour stops pretty quickly by the tent, which is where David's yeah. selling. And so he would come up and introduce himself as the owner. And um, this guy is so impacted by David's interaction as an owner of a company. Yet he's out there in the grind, encouraging his employees, encouraging the guests on the tour. They go on the tour. And by the end of the tour, the guy who started out like hating every minute of it is so impacted by watching our guides and drivers, watching David's interaction with the company that he goes back to just outside of Chicago where he's run a donut business for decades and changes the way that he runs his company. Mm. Three months later is... uh, is so thankful that he loads up one of his employees, six dozen donuts, two two of his employees, six dozen donuts, and drives from the Chicago area down to Waco, Texas, Mm. gets out at that same tent where he had met David, delivers these donuts, and says, thank you for making an impact in my life and my employees' lives. Mm. Yeah, I remember his employees getting out of the car. Wow. They came up to me and said, we don't know what you did, but this man came back changed Isn't that and, powerful? Then, and then he shared and wow. it was cool to hear. He was like, I came down here. What did he say? Lost or to, f- and, and I found myself yeah. while I was on one, on your experience wow. on the band and wow. he went back 
and he rededicated his life to the Lord, I think he said, and sure. kind of changed how he ran his whole business. It was just encouraging, you know, and cool that he brought us some donuts at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so just, just again, it's obvious to all of us, but that's God transforms your life. You guys pull together as community with each other and say, hey, what might God do? Mm. You say, all right, here's a God idea. Let's work it out. A lot of hard work, a lot of grinding out. But all the pieces have kind of come together. So, so many of your workers are people who have been in life group, been discipled, mm -hmm. want to make an impact in the community. So you've not only provided a uh, service to people from around the country and around the world, literally, who come for the tour, but it also provides an outlet for people to live out a missional lifestyle yeah. in the business world, yes. which I, I think is like, way to go, God, and yeah, way to man. go, guys, you know, yeah. because that, that whole deal that we all believe that everything is intended to be redeemed for the glory of God. Waco, Texas is a city, mm -hmm. uh, people's personal lives, people's marriages, and the workplace. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and that's what I get so excited about why I'm one of you guys' biggest fans. Uh, everywhere I go, uh, I was actually in Washington, D.C. sharing at an event, and I used the Waco Tours example. So if anybody comes from D.C., <laughs> yeah. just know uh, I want my commission on yeah, that Yeah, we'll okay. cut your check. Um, so, David, you're great also about, every once in a while, they'll send me a video. When somebody <laughs> comes off the van and gets touched by Jesus, and yeah. they're usually in tears, they were deeply touched. What's kind of that consistent <clears throat> theme yeah. that happens when people get off the van. You mentioned a little bit, but what's yeah. a normal kind of response? Wow. I mean, I, literally yeah. his phone is full of, yeah. packed full. Yeah. Hundreds hey. of video testimonies. And whenever people... you send me one, it's not only not a hassle, it just brings such joy okay. because you see the grace of God in somebody's oh. life. Yeah. yeah so no, what's, the, what's so, the usual rhythm So, here? so the usual, um, <laughs> it's so hard. Or pick so, somebody. There's so many. Yeah. So for example, we had a man and a wife come on our tour two weeks ago. They said they had to get away because they had a lot of family stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And they said the minute they walked in our office door, they felt like they could breathe. And he used, he said it was the Spirit of God that came over. Mm -hmm. Then they got on the van and he heard consistently about this restoration and how we were open about all this. And his he came back after and he was in tears at the tent. Mm -hmm. And then we had a, a, a lady who brought back her six friends from Minnesota that didn't want to go yeah. on the tour. Right. Her six friends uh, went and not only did they go, when I was videoing them unplanned, one of them started crying. Yeah. And one of them said, I didn't know that you could openly share about the Lord like this yeah. until today. Hmm. And then we had a lady the other day that said, came and she was crying at the tent. She said, was crying. and I start crying. Uh, I've got the video of it. She yeah. said, I want to say thank you. Today, all three of us, our faith was rekindled, restored, mm -hmm. because your guides prayed for us, and she was crying. She was mm -hmm. like, this is what we needed, mm -hmm. and this is what we came for, and we didn't know this is what we came for. Mm -hmm. And So the normal response is, thank you for, for living out, keeping your values where you pray before the tour starts. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, it's thank you for doing that. Yeah. You would never see that, that alone. That alone the makes a, just every day boosts everybody's faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every day, people say that they say yeah. thank you. Don't stop. They always tell me, don't stop being who you are as a company. Mm -hmm. Never get away from this, no matter what. Mm -hmm. They're impacted, and uh, so that's that's kind of the normal thing that people say every day. Okay, so 
this incredible story, incredible journey. And the great thing is you're sharing stories from yesterday or two weeks ago, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the story's still ahead of us. That's right. Absolutely. For our city, yes, for our personal lives, uh, and for what all that God wants to do. And, and you know, what I, what I love is, uh, you know, 30 years ago, we moved into the city and we said, hey, we believe. Mm. We believe that God can change lives. We believe he can change uh, communities. We believe that he can change businesses for the glory of God. And man, what you guys are doing is embracing the heart of God and it's touching people everywhere you go. So one last thing before we end today, and, and this is so rich, we may come back around and do another one. But uh, David, you met a little gal along the way. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that uh, one of the original draws for the tour was David's still a bachelor, so people right. would come to the tour. <laughs> but once that door shut, just tell us a little bit about your wife and what's going on and then we'll- Oh yes, uh, I was hoping I got to share about her. So I married a girl from Alabama. Alabama. And uh, one of her friends she went to high school with, I had met in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was her friend Lynn, and her friend Lynn said, David, I know everybody tries to set you up, but I really feel strong that the Lord said, mm -hmm. I need to give you her number and you need to pray about calling her. I mm -hmm. said, she lives in Alabama, Lynn. I'm not going to call her and long distance. So, But one day I picked up the phone after a month of praying and being like, okay, I'll do this because mm -hmm. Lynn is my friend and she wants me to do it. Picked up the phone, called Rachel. She was 34 at the time and I was 30, I guess, 8 and uh, we had this two and a half hour conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, all the big rocks line up. Mm -hmm. This girl loves the Lord, mm -hmm. all these things. And, and it was funny on the phone call, I said, how are you still single? And she Great shares catch. that story today, Rachel does. <laughs> and uh, it was just she funny. She was too good. That she was a catch. The Lord was you protecting her. Yes. And uh, he knew you. that, you know, we, we were both being prepared for each other. It was the right timing. Hmm. So we got married uh, two years ago. Now we're having a baby in November. Woo! That's I right. That. This is November 1st. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah, it's been a fun time. She is, we compliment each other so well. I feel like I have become more of a man <laughs> in the last two years. You know what I mean? Uh, just I the godly man that God called me to. Absolutely. And she's just a great teammate. We're mm -hmm. friends and we're supposed to do life together. And now we both have wives that are named Rachel. So it's, <laughs> there it is. That's makes right. it easy. And, Isn't that uh, beautiful? <laughs> it's great. So, hey, I, I, I think it's a great place to end because we all we are all family. And it's just that's who we are. In the end, mm -hmm. we celebrate each other, we celebrate our families and all that God wants to do in and through not only our own families, but what God wants to do here through our city. So mm -hmm. love you guys. Thanks for the time and more than anything, thanks for loving Jesus with all your heart. And it's just a joy to be on the journey together. Yeah. And uh, what's great is this is the testimony that's never gonna end because it's Jesus. God's story. That's right. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.